everybody to Park Lane Podcast episode 51. Thank you all for joining us once again. If you're new to the channel, do not forget to hit the subscribe button. Oh, about 70% of you that watch the videos do not subscribe. So please do so. It's free to do so. It does really help the channel out. Uh, make sure you like the video as well. And if you're watching on any podcast platform, make sure you leave a five-star review. Um, right. Let's jump into it. Winnie, how you doing, mate? You good? I, I I'm I'm surprisingly uh surprisingly happy, mate. It's uh I don't I, I don't want to jump the gun, but uh we look we look pretty good, so we've got we've got a good show to 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 talk about. Definitely, definitely. And Callum, I'm trying not to look too smug week after week, but it's very difficult for me. How you doing, mate? Match week three, mate, with seven points, so I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. And uh, Harry Scarf's also with us, who predicted we'd probably get approximately one point off the first three games. So how do you feel? <laughs> thank, thank you for bringing that up. No, I'm very good, thank you. I'd definitely take seven points um, from my first uh, three games. We, we come back to that at the end of the season, because uh, hopefully I can still win that predictor's table. You never know. Not being the best start, put it that way. But no, we're playing some good stuff at the moment. And uh, long may that continue. Yeah, perfect, perfect. We've got a few people in the chat, so... Uh, Shout out to all of them. So we've got Robbie Collins. Uh, he said, hello, gents. Spurs are on fire. The goals you guys scored was something else, man. Loving Angie's oh, post-match stuff. Just <laughs> copying Pet, mate. Um, and Haley, who's not Haley. I, I keep forgetting. I can't remember your name, but I really do apologize. You do DM us a lot. So shout out to you. Hi up, everyone. Tuning in. Sorry I haven't made it the last few weeks in the chat. I've been away. Spurs on fire. Leave me out. Um, <laughs> and then he's also said, new kit Winnie? Question mark? It is the new kit, yes. It's the one. Lovely. I'm even, I've even gone full on winning on the back as well. Oh, right. I thought you were going to show oh. us your ass then from it. There's early doors for that. Um, waiting for my away kit to come. Should hopefully arrive by next week, but you never know. Uh, Barney Ambrose in the chat. Evening, lads. Uh, David Clark has said hi from Leicester. Lads, have you heard Roy Williams' song? About and sensational. Yeah. Look it up; it's yes. worth listening to. But you know, before we give Robbie Williams all the credit, shout out to the the fellow who uh, who started it. I think it was last weekend after the United game. Sang it at the stadium and uh, just saw the clip of Robbie Williams also singing it. Uh, he's he's a, a bell end, Robbie Williams, though, isn't he? But do you know what? <laughs> he is. He's, he's from. He's up. He's up from my way. He's not far from where I live. Really? Yeah, that's where stakes. Uh, all be bell ends where you're from then. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping I was hoping you weren't going to say that, but yeah, pretty much, yeah, I suppose. Anyway, I've broken my uh, don't swear within the first three minutes rule, but never mind. We move. Uh, right, so let's all have a little chat about yesterday's game. Away at Bournemouth, early kickoff on a Saturday, usually the one that kind of puts a spanner in the works, but, you know, very comfortable in the end 2-0 win. Harry, I'll come to you first. Kind of give me your overview on the game in, in general. Um, I was really impressed. I think that we performed well. I thought it was it's quite a big challenge because I think Bournemouth had spells in the games that were, were very good uh, and we managed not to concede. Yeah, I thought we were really, really strong. And, and you know, I thought, you know, I did think Madison would play. So for him to, to play and to score, I mean, it turns out to be the right decision. And he didn't get injured as well. So that was perfect. I think Postacoglu's in-game management is is fantastic. I think his substitutions, the timing uh, and the personnel, I think was spot on. Perisic coming on had a huge impact. We saw that against Man United, how he's um, 
you know, he's, he's subs got got over the line, you know, if, if you like. Um, so no, I was, was impressed. I think it was fairly comfortable for getting a couple of spells that Bournemouth had. Uh, and and like, like I sat here and said last week, if we can do it, you know, against Man United, we've got to do it. No disrespect to Bournemouth, but smaller teams, especially away from home, only winning six away games last season. Um, you know, we found that not easy, put it that way. So no, it was a good win, fairly comfortable. Um, so yeah, three points, we move on. Good. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've got a message in the chat saying, is Dave on today? Thought I saw his name on Twitter. You did. The problem is, is that I schedule all of the shows on a Friday and by Sunday, it all changes, which is why I didn't put Callum in. So, uh, you know, Dave out, Callum in, super sub at the ready. So uh, what can we ask for? Uh, I've also got another comment. Richie was a weak link, in my opinion. Don't worry, we'll get on to Richarlison. Um, and knowing Bournemouth was a tough place to go. Spurs are pretty comfortable. It doesn't matter what yeah. midfield three you guys seem to play. They're just incredible under Ange. Does anybody know who Robbie Collins supports? Robbie, let us know in the uh, in the chat. Oh, no, yeah, it'd be interesting. A Spurs fan. But anyway, we welcome all fans, unless yes. you're a Belen. Um And then, to be honest, I'll welcome you anyway. But <laughs> uh, Anyway, Winnie, um, how'd you find the game? Uh, I, I must admit I didn't I didn't get to watch it live unfortunately um, but I was keeping track of it on my phone um, and through you know football Twitter because that's normally a good indication on how we're playing um, but yeah I mean look we just I think we look comfortable I don't think I've seen Spurs look comfortable in a very long time we're normally looking like scrambling around the pitch nobody looks like they're confident um, but it's the complete opposite at the minute now. Look, if if this is how it's going to be for the rest of the season, then bring it on because, you know, I'm not going to get ahead of ourselves, but we look good. We do look good. Like, and, and it's not, and, and I think as well, and I'm not sure why, but we're also, we seem to be getting a little bit of respect from rival fans, which we mm-hmm. never, I've never seen with Tottenham. Like we've seen, and I, I think it's maybe because they, they realise they don't have a choice because we do look genuinely, uh, you know, quite some force. But yeah, I mean, like we've said, a, a couple of, bar a couple of chances that, that Bournemouth managed to create, I think we were fairly comfortable. Um, and again, I took Madison out my uh, out my FPL side, um, annoyingly, um, and because I didn't think he was going to play, but he did, uh, and it was the perfect decision. Uh, and it was spot on, so uh, happy days, mate. Yeah, definitely. And I uh, apologise to uh, Robbie, because we have spoken before on Twitter, to be fair. He's a St Mirren fan, and he got to watch uh, Celtic under Ange for a few years, and uh, also been under a few hammerings from them as well. Um, <laughs> David Clarker says, lots of players could have got man of the match, but mine was Van der Ven. I thought people said Van der Ven can't win headers, really. I thought with his blocks and calmness in possession, was excellent. And shout out to Johnny D. He said hello and congrats for being above Arsenal in the league and fully deserved my respect. Can you stop putting emojis in, by the way, Johnny? Because it turns me out when I have to read it. What does that mean? What is he doing with his hand? That's what I want to know. No, exactly. (laughs) Um, Anyway, Callum, did you get to watch the game? Of course I did. What do you think of it? Um... Good for 70 minutes, 20 minutes a bit before, well, 10 minutes before half time, 10 minutes after time. I was very concerned. I thought that realistically we should have gone in one all against Bournemouth um, at half time, and they probably could have scored another two goals after half time. But 
as soon as he made his subs, he made them about 60 minutes, turned the game on its head and it made it good for us. So, yeah, I just think that because of how young a team we've got, there's always going to be moments in it where there'll be a bit headless chicken or a little bit less composure than I think he would like. But we're only game three in. He needs time to get them playing completely how he wants them to be. Yeah, 100%, mate, because that's it, isn't it, really? You know, people talking about Spurs get ahead of themselves and, and this and that and the other. You know, I, I put a, a few comments out this week, you know, just to see kind of what people's reactions were. And, and everybody that watches this show and has watched it in the past knows my thoughts on Antonio Conte and, and others before. Um, and, you know, I'm not always right. There will be something I'll discuss a little bit later where, you know, potentially I got it wrong. But... You know, what we need to remember is that Andrew's three games into a Premier League season, his first ever Premier League season, and it just shows what an unbelievable coach he is. I don't want to call him too much of a, you know, manager. You know, he's an unbelievable coach at the end of the day. And, you know, coming into a football club like he's done at every other football club, bringing in new backroom staff every single time and still managing to transform players doing something that no one has done for a long time, which is change players' attitude mentally as well and getting them to buy in. I have no idea what he said to these players, but he must have said something pretty good because every single one of them is, uh, you know, is loving what he's doing and uh, and really does respect him for it. Um, Winnie, we'll come back to you for this one, come back to you for the opening goal. And I'm pretty sure all of us took James Madison out of our FPL teams, which is why we're all useless at FPL. Um, but the ball was on the right-hand side. Pedro Porro plays it into Bissouma. Quick turn into Saar. And then again, what a pass it was from, from Saar into Madison. And all he needed was a little deft finish and uh, in the back of the net it goes. But James Madison is just world-class, isn't he? Yeah. Do you know what? I, I used to watch um, Leicester in MV because of James Madison. He's a player that we were linked yeah. with from his previous clubs that he's been at. We've been linked to him a few times. Um, and that, that's because I think it was, it's evident that he is a Tottenham Hotspur type player, someone that's so comfortable on the ball, someone who can just put a ball through, but you know, between the lines into the striker. Um, yeah, he's unbelievable. And to get him at the price we got him at as well, tap with, you know, with, you know, with the, the crazy, the way the, the market is so crazy at the minute, it's ridiculous that we got him for so cheap. Um, but yeah, look, Again, Papa Matasar, massive credit to him because that was, although that was, uh, it looked an easy ball on paper, it wasn't because it, he had to get the perfect weight on it. Uh, and, it, you know, it was a great run from Madison. And if I'm honest, it was poor defending because the defender that let Madison and run in behind him saw him coming. So I think he was just hoping that he'd be offside. But, you know, again, like you say, a little deft touch enough just to roll it into the corner. But he, he's an absolute superstar and he's someone who I can see you know, hopefully now becoming a, you know, a Tottenham legend, if you wish. Yeah, definitely. And and Callum, you know, I don't really want to talk about this very much because I think it's a non-story whatsoever. But it kind of relates into James Madison, you know, when we look at the um, story, uh, the interview with uh, Laura Woods on TNT Sports, you know, and I think it's a load of bullshit, really, like what everyone's moaning about. But the way he answered kind of that question and the way he performs on the pitch, kind of go hand in hand, don't they? Exactly. Yeah, he just, he showed he's professional, simple as that. And I mean, the way that 
she was going there ready to ambush him. Simple as that, mate. She's full of shit. She's a, an annoying pundit. I can't stand some of her views, but she's paid to do a job. Madison's paid to do a job. And he answered it in the most professional, composed way he could. And he's now proved yeah. on the pitch that he's playing for Spurs. Simple as that. And Spurs have looked at Madison for so many years and we finally made the right decision to go and get him after seven, eight, nine years of tracking the bloke since he was at Coventry and all that. And it it just took its time. But we've got him. He's playing well. He's got, I think, two assists, one goal to his name. And we can't complain. Let's just let him get on with his job on the pitch and leave these poxy interviews like they've been doing all summer. One ambushing him with trying to see if Harry Kane was staying and now trying to work out why he went to Spurs. They're just yeah. everyone's out for us, so let them be out for us and we'll just prove them wrong. Exactly. It's a classic Spurs love story, isn't it? Where it's where the, the tale of the story is it took time. Um which seems to be everything that ever happens at Spurs ever. Um anyway, so some more comments to get through. So David Clark has said I thought it was a great coaching by Andrew and Bournemouth went man-to-man marking. He got Madison to come deep, pick up the ball, which gave the extra man on Bournemouth. Couldn't get to grips. Um, another comment here saying, do you remember we all thought we were getting Nagos one in the summer and a lot of people were upset that we didn't. I'm glad we have Big Ange. He is amazing. It's his birthday today. So, you know, as I'm sure you're watching, happy birthday to Big Ange. Um yeah. Exactly. Johnny D said midfield is where games are won and lost. Saab, Asuma and Madison alongside a good champagne coach. I assume that means it's ex- exactly what Spurs doctor ordered. Good job. Well done. I am concerned. Um, we like to hear, Johnny. Exactly. Um, and that kind of brings us next to uh, the next goal, Harriet, 2-0. So, you know, what we saw from Madison was, you know, these runs from... I don't want to say deep, but these runs from midfield bursting into the box. But what we got for the second goal was a left-back made a marauding run from left-back all the way to overlap the left-winger and uh, got across to, to Decky, who slotted it in. Destiny, again, Udoji, is just an unbelievable player and has just dropped into this Spurs team like he's been there for years. And everyone said, can he play as a left-back? Well, when you're playing as a left inverted left back but also at times playing as a attacking midfielder and at times playing as a left winger you can do whatever you like can't you because he's just again world class yeah absolutely and Adoku create that move out of nothing nothing was happening uh, he had two around him so not only to do what he'd done in terms of take on players and, and basically turn them inside out but to keep the ball in is again is just one thing but it's not only keep the ball in when, you know, you're running out of room, the pressure's on, but to deliver the quality of cross, maybe it's luck, I don't know, because that's the right place, right time. I- I'll leave that up to the individual to decide, but it was perfect. Right to the man in Kulisevsky. Good place, good time. You know, good finish, I guess. Uh, but I think Kulisevsky needed that goal because Percy, I don't think he started fantastically. Um, the same time, his job in this system isn't always going to be on the score sheet. He has a lot more, uh, I would say, providing to do. And he's a lot, you know, more of a, of a winger than a, a forward, if you like. But no, it was a really work, well work goal. Um, you know, lots of people continue to tell me in, in the summer that Adoki's not ready. He's going to have to go out on loan. Uh, and for someone who spent a fair bit of time uh, researching and watching a doki for Udinese when I could, especially when they they um, play bigger games against oppositions, Juventus, 
uh, Roma Milan. Um, I, I thought he was excellent and just always seemed to get on the goal, you know, always seemed to have a goal contribution, assist. His, his name was somewhere or excellent piece of defending. So I'm not surprised that he's you know, kind of walked in, adapts this role and thrived in it. So it's great to see, well worked goal. Um, and overall, a much-deserved three points, but there's still, I think, areas to improve. Yeah, definitely. Um, this is interesting from, from David Clark, who says, we won't go for Johnson now because he suffered what looks like a serious hamstring injury. We will get on to that uh, topic towards the end of the show, but that does make for interesting read because, you know, I was talking, I was on uh, Holly Agenbar's show um, on Monday, and uh, the fellow that was on there with us, uh, Josh, he was talking to me after the show and he basically texted me and said the Johnson deal is back on. Spurs are going all out for him. So um, this surprises me now that obviously if he has got this injury, it would look like Spurs aren't going to go for him. Uh, Winnie, I'll come back to you because I don't know if you saw the eight minute long post-match interview where Big Ange decided to go into the studio of TNT yeah. Sports and uh, and have a little chat. First of all, when was the last time you ever saw a Spurs coach just go in, up to the studio and just sit and have a chat with everyone? Never. No, like, it, it, it's, probably, it's the Pochettino days, isn't it? Pochettino was very similar. Everyone, you know, I think everyone, even though he was Tottenham Hotspur manager, I think other people adored him in the sense that he was a nice, he was a likeable character. Um, you know, he just talked sense. And I think that's what we've got in Big Ange. Like, I, 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 I like it, but at the same time, it's like, I almost want to just stick my middle finger up to everyone because they 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 hate Spurs. They don't they 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 make it quite obvious they hate Spurs. But now all of a sudden, you know, they're making a big deal that we've got we've got Big Ange because he is a really good coach and a really nice bloke at the same time. So it's almost a little bit, you know, it's just a little bit off putting of you know. Do you know what? Like he's he's like I said before, he reminds me of Martin Yoll, and I think that's why I love him so much because Martin Yoll was one of my favourite. Even though we, you know, he wasn't exactly spectacularly successful under him, he was he was a lovable character, and he was almost like you know, you'd be it's like you turn up and you you know, you'd be chatting to your granddad at the football and stuff. You know what I mean? He's like such a really really nice bloke. So look, I watched it, uh, and it was a very very good interview. Even you know the start when uh, when that bloke was miking him up, and he come up with that really witty comment. So yeah, look, he's just a really really likable character, and it's it, I think it's just something we're gonna have to get used to now. We're gonna be seeing people. Um, people applauding Spurs a little bit more than than we're used to, so we need to get used to it, mate. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Callum, during that interview, he had a little, you know, dig at Gary Neville um, by you know <laughs> saying that he's copying Pep, and uh, you know, he just seems like. Bear in mind, right? He doesn't have to go up to this interview. It's not scheduled for him to go up and you know talk with uh, you know Peter Crouch and um, Joe Cole, but. It just shows, you know, after the game that he's just happy to be a Premier League manager. He's doing well. And, it, you know, he talks no differently to how you or I would chat for having a beer in the pub. I think it's, I don't think it's sunk in yet for him how far he has come and all that. It's, he's just happy to be here, like you said, mate. And, um, yeah, I think he just wants to make sure that he portrays the right message. He's not, in it for himself or anything like that. He just wants to keep progressing, build up with Spurs, all of that stuff, and then see where it takes himself. But it's actually just nice to see him throwing some shit back at them idiot pundits 
and all that. Because, I mean, no matter how much bollocks you get out of Jermaine Genus and people like that, <laughs> constantly, Genus, Lineker, gee, you're all Spurs players, you're ex-Spurs players, some of you are legends, bloody back the manager. And, I mean, even Gary Neville, I mean, he played for a full as a fullback for 20 years. And just because it... It's different to how it was in his day. He don't like it. Well, fuck off. You've had your day. Let someone else do it. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all, mate. And um, and that's it. But one of the interesting things about um, Ange, Harry, is that, you know, I don't expect you to, you know, tell me all of the information. But one of the interesting things that kind of no one really knew and is the most odd thing I've ever heard in my life, but um, he was, he was, he was coached by uh, the legend, football legend Pushkas at uh, I think it was one of his clubs in Australia. So no wonder, like he's got you know incredible tactical and uh, ability because you know this is one of the the best players of the world. Yeah, absolutely. I heard that the other day. I don't know where, but yeah, there you go. Uh, listen, I've been really impressed uh, when Ange has come to Tottenham Hotspur. As you know, he wasn't my number one on the list. Put it that way. Um, but at the same time. I can't see wherever the people who use the hashtag no to pasta coffee, they've disappeared. They, sh- they should be, uh, it's, t- it's still, there's still time to delete it. There's still time to apologize. Um, but this is where I talk about, there is sadly a part of our fan base that think they're entitled. We, we, we're too good to have pasta coffee. Well, that's been proved wrong already so far in three games. No, he's done fantastic. I like the way he comes across to the media, the jokes he makes, you know, whether it's with um, the, the, the dig at Gary Neville, whether it's with a bit where he's getting mic'd up in, in the studio, uh, TNT studio. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. His press conferences is when he gets asked about the weekly reviews about podcasts. Everything he's just great, so chilled, laid back. Everything we want. Uh, in a manager and just how quickly he's turned the players, the fans to, to believe in his his project uh, and what he's doing and, and, you know, give the club and the ball credit where, where credit is due. Um, you know, this looks like, I'm, pre- I'm certain of it, is, is a fantastic appointment at a time where the, the board and the, the club, probably rightly so, were coming under a lot of criticism uh, on and off the pitch, you know, really difficult season last season. Uh, you know, the worst season I've had anyway in my lifetime finishing outside of Europe. So there's big pressure on the club to act. Uh, and, and they did so. So he looks like a great appointment. But no, that doesn't surprise me. His, his in-game management uh, is exceptional. Inverted fullbacks, what he's doing, whether Gary Neville likes it or not. Um, there's a reason he's still sitting in the studio uh, and not out there on the football pitch anymore. Um, so I just, I just don't think he likes it. He doesn't like the Tottenham doing well. He's just a salty bit. Uh, I love the United. I'd love the United tears after that that win. That was fantastic. Probably even better than the game itself. But it's great to be able to enjoy uh, watching our football club again, and, and you know the smile back, the feel good factors back, the vibes within the club are back. Uh, it's just a really happy place to be. So long may that continue. Yeah, definitely. I you know I had a feeling that that it would happen, but I definitely didn't think it would happen. Um, you know. As uh, as quickly as it has done. Um, just quickly before we on to the move on to the new topic, uh, quick off the cuff chat. So quick, uh, I just want the number, the position in where you think we'll finish um, in the league after you know the first few games. So I'll start. I think we'll finish fifth. Uh, Winnie, fifth. Callum, fifth. No, oh, look at you. Look at you all joining. Uh, in. I was going to say fifth. Uh, I've got to be different. <laughs> 
Wait, wait, let me think. Let's be bold. Fourth. Fourth. Let's go fourth. Yeah, fair enough. Thank you very much, Harry. Right. Okay. So let's get into a bit of chat where, first of all, um, I've got to do some apologies to uh, <laughs> to one man at Spurs, Christian Romero, because, you know, I was... I know, exactly. Harry is shocked. Wow. Um, <laughs> you know, I was a little bit critical of Romero towards the end of last season. And, you know, I think still rightly so. But this season... He has been absolutely unbelievable. Let me run through um, some of the some of the stats I have. So Christian Romero has won every duel that he's been in. So that's seven out of seven. <laughs> he has the joint most recoveries of four, most interceptions of three, most tackles of three, and misplaced only one pass out of thirty-seven. Winnie, you can give me some shit if you want now, but uh, I was wrong about Romero, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to give you shit, mate, because we all make uh, we all say things that we feel at the time that may you know turn out to be incorrect. That's just what happens. Um, I was wrong with with um, Postacoglu when when I was very underwhelmed when we appointed him, um, and I'm I'm completely flipped in, in turn now. So uh, you know it, it can happen. It can happen to you, Luke. It can happen to anyone. Do you know what I mean? So look, he is an absolute Rolls Royce defender. I said that to you <laughs> when you mentioned this before. And I will say it again. He is, as um, as has been put there, the best centre back in the league. And I will, I will, I will tell you now: we have the best centre back partnership in the league. That's an absolute fact. Um, yeah. And I, I will, I will die on that hill. There's no better, no better than us uh, than what we have. But yeah, Romero. Look, I have no doubt that he's still. He's obviously got that ingrained in his head. He will probably still lunge into a few tackles like he did on the edge of the box. Um, that one which is come under a bit of criticism, the one that looked a bit like a scissor tackle. Um, for me, it, it, it was a it was a, a perfectly good tackle. Um, it could have been um, it could have been if, if, if there was more of a more of a scissor action, or if he left the ground, it could have been a little bit more dangerous. But it wasn't, and he won the ball. So yeah, he's still going to have that. There's going to be moments where we probably have our head in our hands, but in terms of ability and everything that comes with it. He is the best defender in the league, and you know I'll stand by that. Yeah, I uh, you know I don't disagree with you at all, <laughs> Callum. I saw you pulling a few faces then uh, because you know when Winnie mentioned that tackle from uh, from Christian Romero, uh, you know again I was uh, at an appointment so I couldn't watch the game on Saturday morning, but obviously watching it back, um, I didn't get to see it in real time. But what are your thoughts on it from me? The angle that I've seen. I, I don't see much wrong with it. I think he gets the ball and then he gets the player. My issue is, is that can you just, do you just stop tackling now because you might happen to get the player as well? You don't stop tackling, but from the angle that he made it at, it was more towards going into the back of the man than trying to play the ball when it was in real time. From some of the angles, it, it didn't look like the, cleanest of tackles that he's ever done. Uh, he's done a lot worse. He's done a lot better. I think it's one of those 50-50s where you'd say that he just needs to have a bit of common sense when it comes to it. If you're going to do it, do it in the centre of the pitch. Don't do it on the side of the bloody box and all that. But no, nah, to be honest, it was it was a fair challenge, I think. But it 
seem to rile up a couple of Bournemouth fans. And to be honest, I'm not going to lie, I don't think they're going to do much anyway. So I think that if we run with the principle of it, that it's a tackle, it didn't have anything reviewed or bad about it. He's just got to get his head straight, simple as that, because there are still some very rash moments in his game where even though you've read out them stats, Luke, he's there's still stuff that stats don't get picked up and all that. You have to see it real time, real action to see that some of the bits he's still a young defender, he's still only twenty five or twenty six. He's nowhere near his prime. He's got three, four years probably till he actually matures properly as a centre back. And I'm hoping with the composure that Van der Ven brings to it, they'll actually calm him down a little bit because at least he's not darting forward like he usually does. That's one good thing, at least. Did we did we all see that back heel that he'd done on our own touchline oh, as well? Beautiful. Oh, that was naughty. That was, that was naughty. great. <laughs> who would even who, whatever what other Premier League defender would even try that? Let alone pull it off. It's just ridiculous. I don't. I, well, I'm all might, for it. I don't mind it. You might have had Alison Coif turn. That's about it, and see how that goes. <laughs> Kyle Walker did it today and uh, they conceded from it. So that's the only issue with it, isn't it? Is when it doesn't come off, um, it can go wrong. But Harry, thoughts on Romero? Uh, firstly, I want to address your situation uh, with Romero. There's no getting out of it. Listen, you were you were partly right, but partly dramatic um, in, in terms of how, how bad Romero was last season. How dare you? Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. Well, I can understand where you were coming from in terms of he was rational last season and it, it, it was a problem and he's calmed down a lot this season. Um, so I can understand that part of it. In terms of the tackle, uh, one thing I want to see is, yeah, it's great. One thing I want to see is consistency. Um, and listen, I'm, I'm glad it wasn't given as a foul or anything more, that tackle from Romero. But you watch the Liverpool-Newcastle game today. It For me, it's very similar to what Van Dyke got sent off for, apart from in a slightly different area um, of, of the pitch. For me, it's, it's a foul in the yellow card. But lots of people disagree with my opinions when it comes to free kicks, penalties, uh, handballs. Um, but it's, it's like I said, I think against Brentford, uh, you know, Son, that, for me, that's a foul. Um, because that, that's been given uh, around that that game week. So we just want that consistency. Um, so, of course, you can tackle. But for me, he gets more man than ball. I, I, I've watched it back a few times. Um, for, for me, for me, it's a foul. But it wouldn't have changed anything, really. It would have been a yellow card. Um, but, yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Winnie. I think we've got the, the, you know, the best partnership. Uh, between Van der Ven and Romero. I think they've been excellent. Conceded zero goals, by the way, between both of them, because Romero obviously came off against Brentford. Um, but they're just, just fantastic. And I, I, I worried in that Bournemouth game where, you know, we we gave them a lot of space because our fullbacks play almost inside. Because they are, you know, the way they play with the fullbacks, uh, we, we leave a lot of space. And at times it was 2v1 down both sides. But, you know, where I'd usually have to worry, Van der Ven and Romero cleared everything. You know, the, the, Bournemouth, the Bournemouth winger, uh, would have loads of loads of opportunities to put the ball in the box, cutting inside, but it should be dealt with our defence. Um, so yeah, it, again, give the credit to the club where credit is due, whether it's Poster Cockley suggesting him. I, I don't know. That's not down for, to me to create rumours and guess, but it's an excellent, excellent signing for the manager we've got, you know, because 
Otherwise, you've got Man United and Bruno Fernandes quality. Without Van der Ven, they go put the ball in behind and you score against Tottenham Hotspur. Romero, because the problem was, I think Romero took on too much responsibility last season. And look next to him, saw Dyer. Look next to him, saw Emerson. Looked, looked left, he had, what, Davis or depend whatever system we're playing in. Sometimes nobody. Uh, and he'd have to take on the responsibility. And he'd do rush things. Uh, but now he's a lot calmer. I think being given that vice captain role, and especially a new, a top quality partner um, in Van der Ven's really helped. That's a great signing. Um, but yeah, with, with with Romero, hopefully this continues. But that he's still doing rash things like he did there for me uh, with another referee. The one that the, the you know referee, I don't know who it was, Newcastle Liverpool game today. That could go that could go a bit wrong. Put it that way. Yeah, definitely. And both of you have mentioned. Um you know, the best centre-back pairing in the league. And I want to talk about Van der Ven next. Um, but Barney has said, um, been impressed with your defence. Will be interesting to see how you line up against Fulham on Tuesday. But it's I definitely need changes on both sides. Um, so I've got some more stats for you about Van der Ven because these days oh, are full, full of stats. You're um, oh, well, this, is new me. this is the new me. Um, so with three, ga- three games in for Van der Ven, He's got a 94% pass accuracy. He's won four out of his six aerial duels, and he's won 14 out of his 18 duels in general. Um, Callum, how impressed have you been with this guy to be able to slot straight into this team? For a 22-year-old, I was very surprised. I think he's he's taking it, he's taken to it like a duck out of water and all that, mate. He's very much composed he's shown that for one he can actually win a duel in the air which i think everyone was saying that he couldn't do so that's brilliant um i think he's very much a calming head alongside romero as well so going on like what winnie and harry have both alluded to he he does suit the partnership there compared to just say if we'd have actually gone out and got a tap sober because i think we'd have two people trying to headbutt the other players into the one. So uh, I think we've been quite lucky. And I think when you look at Van der Ven, he he does have like the composure. When you would look back, the closest comparison would probably be Vertonghen, someone like that. That when Vertonghen was playing, he was always the calm, composed head and all would do the dirty work sort of thing out the two of them. So I think that he's done very well. But has he really come up against a proper Premier League striker though? Yeah, that's that's my only concern. We had and Burmo for Brentford, who's a converted winger. You had Rashford, who see, didn't even want to play up front at all for United. I don't even think he wanted to play. Then you had Samayu, who for Bright for Bournemouth has only just come in realistically to sort where he is, and he's. He's been playing championship football, so he still needs a lot of development. So I think the partnership needs a test. And I don't think they've really had it that much yet. So I think to see how good Van der Ven and Romero are so good together and be Van der Ven on his own, they need a challenge. See how they go against Haaland. Because, I mean, Sheffield United defence kept him quiet today for 63 minutes. So let's see if our one does it or whether one tries to... Scissor, scissor kick him and all that. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. But no, I've been I've been quietly impressed 
I'm not someone who's going to start blowing smoke up his backside yet, mate. But I think he's been good. Nice, Winnie. What What do you think about Callum's comments? Because, um, you know, we saw we saw against uh, Rashford last weekend that you can keep yeah. up with the you know the people in the league that, yeah. that have that pace. But Callum is right. You know, when he's against a much stronger, less quick, more powerful um, striker. How is he going to get on? You know, how is he going to get on in a foot race potentially against Carl Walker when he breaks yeah. forward? You know, against Man City. Well, we'll 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 see, won't we? We'll see when it happens. But I mean, from what I've seen so far, uh, from what I've seen so far, I I have no uh, reservations about how he's going to do. I think he'll deal with it all with ease, um, without even breaking a sweat, because that's that's how impressed I have been. And I, I don't know if it's because, you know, the typical Tottenham way is we buy these players and then it takes about two or three months to, to get them in until we see them, you know, up and running. Whereas Ange was like, no, mate, like you, you, you're in first game against Brentford. You're coming straight in. You know, I know you've only trained twice, but that's why we brought you. That's why we paid this money. We don't normally see the the effect of these players for a good couple of months. So look, um, other than Haaland, um, I don't really, I'm not really concerned about any other Premier League striker because I don't think, you know, if you go across all of the sides, I mean, obviously Darwin Nunes done well today when he came off the bench, put two two good finishes in for Liverpool. Um, but there's no certainty that he's going to be starting or playing if we, have, you know, when we come up against Liverpool. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not concerned about any other strikers. Um, Rashford is very, very quick, uh, and he dealt with him again, like, as we said, with ease. So look, he just looks so calm, so so calm on the ball. Um, the way he, the, you know, just the way he plays out from the back with the ball. Um, and you know Romero can do it also. So I think we've got a great partnership. And like I say, I think because of his age, he's only going to get better. I think his his um, his ceiling is so so high. Um, and I think in a couple of years' time, we could be looking at you know maybe the heights of you know like when Van Dijk went to Liverpool and he was the best defender in the world. I think we could be seeing you know I'm not going to say he's going to be the best defender in the world, but I see his ceiling is definitely as high as if not if not even more. Yeah, and and quickly, Harry. You know, you can't disagree with with what either Winnie or Callum have been saying. But you know, as a 22-year-old, three games in, uh, barely any training really, and 94% pass accuracy, he definitely suits this team, doesn't he? He, he definitely does. And like I say, it's a really good uh, appointment in terms of what he offers um, with with his pace at the back. I, I think he's he's you know excellent. The stats are great. He hasn't put a foot wrong for me. Um, it's just 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 generally wow. I've uh, been super impressed how quickly he settled in. But he's not the only one. Uh, Adoki, I've been impressed how quickly, like we mentioned earlier, how quickly he settled in. All these players, listen, we can, Ange deserves a lot of credit. But to be fair, the players do. After, obviously, the criticism they rightly got, along with the manager, along with the owners last season, um, to, to adapt to, to a new system. And it may sound easy, but we, we're talking, you know, it's been since, what, 2018-19 before we played anything similar this kind of football where you're constantly on the ball, constantly moving, and your fitness is a very, very key part uh, of the game. And, and tactically, the, there's so much more into it. Uh, and, I, I mean, I, I think that the, the players will, will love this system. Madison thrives off it. Basuma thrives off it. We've seen that. Saar, uh, Romero. It's, it's just great to see Porro. Um, so, yeah, Van der Ven's done really, really well. I think, you know, our, our, our partnership, like when he says, right now, it, you can't get better than that. I really don't think you can get better than that. And that is saying something. Obviously, the real test will be in the London derbies, uh, you know, when we play the likes of Manchester City. But we face Rashford. 
you know, we, we, we faced some, already faced some good players. Rashford, uh, Bournemouth's pacey wingers, uh, and Brentford's Mbermo and Wisser. Uh, and they dealt with them all fine. But it's when you go into the season, when Man United improve in the reverse fixture, can we do that at Old Trafford? Uh, you know, cold, windy night. Can we can Van der Ven do it? Can he can keep the defense out? It's a big question, but he's done so well, so, you know, so far. Settled in really, really well. You know, and another thing that I can say, long may that continue because it's excellent. Two clean sheets in a row, perfect start to the season. He's been excellent. You muted, mate. Again, <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> Winnie, I just want to uh, talk to you quickly about. So we touched on it last week, um, but this another you know incredible talent that we've got at Tottenham Hotspur, a young guy, and he's just going from strength to strength in this Spurs squad, isn't he? It's it, and again, it doesn't surprise me because we saw glimpses of it. You know when when I've talked about it previously on the pod um, away at the San Siro when he was chucked in with Skip, and they both dealt with it. Incredibly, with such maturity for for two players at such a young age, um, but Saar, oh my! Like, uh, did anyone see the clip of um, of the training where he did that little? Uh, someone crossed oh. in, he did that little flick from behind. Oh, I mean, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, if someone, if if Ronaldo would have done that, everyone would have been going crazy. It'd have been all over social media. Like this guy has so much talent in his body. Um, his energy is just infectious and that's what you that's what all you hear and say and when everyone talks about him it's his energy and just you know he's always smiling um and look it, it helps that he's got the talent to go with it i've said before on the pod that he was going to be our standout player this season um and obviously we're three games in so we reserve a massive you know amount of judgment but he looks like he's going to be our standout player like i said um, but yeah, absolute bundles, bundles of talent. And I think he complements um, the system and the clientele perfectly in Basuma and Madison. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm putting this out there right now, but, you know, this is early doors and, and whatever happens, happens. But this guy will be, mark my words, one of the best midfielders in the Premier League has ever seen. I guarantee it because he is absolutely incredible. Um Right, I'm going to move on. Uh going to start with you, Callum, before I go to Harry. I want to talk about Richarlison. And all I wrote down is, what are we going to do about <laughs> Um So, yeah. Have you got any ideas on what we do with this man? Um, Here we go. I'm guessing if we are playing at Fulham on Tuesday, we tell him we're playing at Nottingham Forest. We send him <laughs> somewhere completely different. I, I really don't know what's going on with him. I mean, I the I just think the front three itself hasn't really clicked yet. And it just looks like they haven't played together. But I, for someone who's Brazil's number nine, he looks so devoid of confidence, mate. He looks so off pace he doesn't look sharp he looks constantly like he's two steps behind everyone else and i know and just picked him up and all that and i i hope he comes good but after three games it's literally had about including three chances yesterday he had about two against united and about four against brentford and it 
kind of concerns me when you're trying to play a profile with player mm-hmm. who when you've had Kane, they're then trying a different profile up front and his profile should be suited to Andy's football, but I just don't see what people see in him at the moment. I mean, for 60 million, we've literally paid 60. Well, at the moment, he scored three goals for us. Each goal is worth 20 million. That's how bad it is at the moment. And I mean, I remember when we came on here just before the, the end, well, the start of the season, and when we were saying that hopefully that Sailors game was going to give him the load of confidence and everything like that. And it just doesn't look, it don't look interested. Yeah. I don't know whether he actually wants to be here or what, but I would rather start Perisic or Solomon on the left and play Son through the middle and all that, because at least we've got proven results. I know it's only three games, but it's only going to get tougher. It's not going to get easier. And he either needs to knuckle it down and get on with it now, or we need to bring someone else in. Because if we're going into the season with Richardson up top, and just say if we loan out Dane Scarlett, like Troy Parrott's gone out this week, I don't realistically see us having a guaranteed goal scorer up there. And Johnson, I, I don't even think his stats are that great either, but we'll cover that later on. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's really interesting, Harry, because, you know, I mentioned pre-season and th- this isn't a dig whatsoever because, you know, as we all say, we all say things that don't come true and, and yours still might. But, yeah. you know, I said that Richarlison would score seven goals this season. I genuinely don't think he even hit seven. Like, and that's how, that's how worried I am. And that's, you know, and that's, mm. <laughs> nothing against you, Harry. I just mean in general, like, I just think he's, I just think he's, I don't think he's bad. I just think he's derived of any confidence whatsoever. Like, let's take the moment yesterday where he gets the ball and he does everything right. You know, a little flick behind behind his leg with the ball. And then he just takes too long. You know, Kane would, and, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't compare them, right? But Kane would make the first touch yeah. and then he would score. Richarlison takes the extra one and then the extra one. Do you know what I mean? And, and it gets to a point where the the shot has gone. Like, what do we do with Richarlison, Harry? It's a great question. I, I dread to think how many goals I, I thought he would score. 20 that, to 25, I think, was the amount. <laughs> I did not say, no, I did not get lost. I, I think I, I, think I said, did I? I thought I said 10 to 15. No, wow. 20 to 25, mate. <laughs> Well, he's not scoring that. He's not scoring after that. Um, all we've seen of him, tricks, flicks and bollocks. That's all it is. That's all it is. <laughs> he is. He's let me down as well. Um, no, listen, he he's someone who is proven he can do it for Watford at Everton. And I, I still believe, thank you for that, I still believe that he can do it. He's just, he's, he's confidence. Uh, and he's, he's so frustrating to watch, you know, like like that move against Bournemouth. Of course Kane finishes it. We can't compare him to Kane. It's just for, so frustrating because he does everything right. And we know that people are only going to remember the bit where there's an open goal and somehow he hasn't put it in the back of the net. Or the bit where he falls on the ball and gives away a foul. That was that was a, the all-time <laughs> low of the game for me. That is just... If you're going to fall over on the ball, I mean, run away from the situation. I, I get the eager to win the ball back, but he's not trying to win the ball back. He's trying to reach out and stop his man. He's never going to get to the ball. He knows what he's doing. Uh, it's just frustration. So yeah, he's rightfully bought 
brought off because I think if we've been on it any longer, is at risk of getting sent off. Can it work? Yes. Will it work? Who knows? Um, so this, the club need to sit down with, with Postacoglu, with, with the whole board, and before the deadline shuts on Friday, end of August, and go, do we have 100% confidence in Richarlison? Because if not, go out and buy someone else. Because we can't be, you know, in this situation where we get to big games around Christmas, where we get to North London derby, oh, Richarlison hasn't scored yet, had no goal contributions. Do we start him? Or do we go with Son through the middle, who, in my opinion, looks crap through the middle, but lots of people disagree. Um so it's a difficult situation, put it that way. We we haven't gone out and replaced Kane. Um, there's, there's big pressure on Richardson, Richardson's boots. He's got his opportunity now. Personally, I, I think people are jumping on it too quick because I don't think Son and Kulisov have been that much better. But however, you know, if we're having this problem, you know, four, five and more games time where it's not, Luke, it's not necessarily he hasn't scored or contributed towards his goal. It's that his basic things such as, you know, his touches are really like a Portland Sunday League low. Uh, and it's such a shame because he, he, I know he'll do it. I know that he'll leave Tottenham and he'll go and score a lot of goals for his club uh, and do really, really well. He proved that Everton and Watford. And I don't think that this is necessarily too high a level for him. I, I just think he I don't think feels the pressure on his back. But what is nice to see is I think the players are all behind him and want it to work. We can't have this situation for too long. Uh, and we're going to have to probably spend the money on, on buying somebody, but made, made it difficult for ourselves because we failed to offload Deadwood. Um, so the club are in a difficult situation, but we need to 100% confidence in, in Richarlison or you go out and buy a new striker because there's no point, you know, having someone as your striker all season not having confidence in them. For me, you stick with it and hold out to January and, and, and compare the kind of the stats uh, and his confidence then. Uh, but it's not looking good right now. Yeah, definitely. It is worrying as well, you know, Going back to this comment, you know, going towards what Ange Postacoglu has said about Valif and that, you know, he doesn't expect him to start or play this side of Christmas effectively. Like, I'm I'm not being rude, but how bad must he be if he can't get in over Richarlison? Um, because I don't think it would be a bad... No, you know, unless he is woeful, then why did we buy him? But do you know what I mean? Like, he can't be any worse than what we've already got. And, you know, just shout out to Sam Cornish here who said, can't write him off after three games. He's not played any minutes as our striker in a Conte Spot system, on. let alone Ange's. Ange's nine had the least touches in the SPL last season. It's how it works. Agreed. But at least they scored. Like, you know, my point is, is that we can't just keep putting him in, putting him in, putting him in. Like, what do we do? Do we go out and buy a winger? Or do we go out and buy an actual striker? You know, because... That's realistically what we need. You know, we can think of all of these different things that we can do. You know, we can put Son in the middle. We can play such and such here. We can, you know, go for a younger player. We can go for Felice and so on and so forth. But, you know, we need somebody to come in and score goals because we can't always rely on, um, you know, on uh, our midfielders and our defenders to score. But just quick shout out to a few people. So Jay has said, evening lads from Charleston, not having the best of games at the moment. Glad Tottenham are starting to have good entertaining football. Are we signing any more players? Madison is just world class. Um, and Rodrigo Roadman has said, gift is over. He's not coming. It'll be about Brennan. And Sam Cornish again has said, only Kulu has scored in our front three. Um, you know, there are issues with our front three for sure. But, you know, I believe a striker, when you're playing as one striker, is similar to a goalkeeper in the sense of if a goalkeeper lets in a few howlers, 
you know, you don't you don't let them get away with it. You know, unfortunately, it's the same for a striker. But let's move on quickly. Um, uh, before we get on to the Fulham and the Burnley game, and we also talk um, FPL and the score predictions league. But I really want to get like real brief, brief thoughts, like because there's a lot of talk about Brennan Johnson. But then we've heard uh, today from David in the chat that Brennan Johnson's now got an injury, uh, which may mean that we don't end up going for him. Winnie, where where do we go? Right, real quickly, do we need a winger or do we need a striker? Um, we need a striker. That's what we need. Um, I play football. I'm a striker. I know how it feels when you have a run of games where you don't score. Um, you start to feel the pressure. Obviously, it's 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 magnified massively in Richarlison's case compared to mine um, because he's on TV. He's in the Premier League. He has a lot more on his back. Um, but... It's just he's just lacking confidence. That's all it is, and that and that it's it's the same with any footballer. It's just confidence. Um, so yes, we need a striker, in my opinion, um, because we, we put it this way: Richarlison is very very lucky that our new system allows other players to um, to dip in with 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 goals and stuff and assists. So um, we're not heavily reliant on that number nine to score, thankfully, even though he should be um, winger wise. Uh, I, I like Johnson. Um, I think he's he's a very good one on one, which is something that we don't really have at the moment with our wingers. Um, Solomon is probably our, our most direct one on one at the moment, um, and he obviously doesn't start games. So um, I am concerned possibly about the price tag um, for for Johnson, but. Look at the market at the moment. It's going absolutely crazy. So I don't think we can look into any anything in terms of price tag. Um, but look, I think I think we need a striker, but I don't think we're going to get one. I think we are more likely going to see a winger come through the door. Um, but I haven't seen anything regarding that injury myself. So it'd be very interesting if if he is injured, because you know I think it'd be very silly to to buy someone who's injured who potentially may be out for a month or however long it may be. Yeah, no, fair enough. I sorry, I got really distracted because I read this and I got really confused. And Jay said, "I get why they're buying Johnson because he's twenty-two. Give Dorval is thirty years old." And I was like, "What? This must be the only thing I've never heard of in my entire life." Don't panic, people. He's only twenty-one. Uh... That's how much. They, that's how much they want for him, Jay. Not how old he is. <laughs> oh my god. Oh Jesus! Oh, that's absolutely brilliant. I've lost. I've absolutely lost it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Jordy has said hello, and uh, uh, Terry has said, "Yeah, Jay Gift is twenty-one, mate." Um, that mate, honestly, Willie, I'm sorry, but that confused the hell out of me. I had to go on Google and be like, "Surely this is the oldest thirty-year-old <laughs> that no that no one's ever heard of until this season." Like that would have been absolute madness. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Quickly, Callum, do we need a winger or do we need a striker? I'm I'm in agreement with Winnie. I'd I'd rather a striker, but I think the way that Andrew Starr is, he utilizes more well, he uses utility wingers, people who can play across all four positions across the front the front line. So if we're playing a front four like we are at the moment. I think Brennan Johnson can fill in there, but I guess you're paying 50 million because of the English premium and Premier League experience. But I'd rather gift Orban. I'd rather gift any day of the week to at least 
because he's it's guaranteed goals, but he is young. He's going to need time as well. And he's from a different league. So you're going to have risk whatever you take. So I want a striker, but I can see it being a utility winger. As long as it's not Clinton Enjoy or Encodu, then we're all right because they were uh, very dark days. <laughs> or Vincent Janssen. But uh, anyway, that could well, be the new gift he, he's, he, he's actually the top scorer again in, ahead of Gift Orban in the Belgian league at the moment. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, we could go back to round two, maybe. Yeah, we've probably got some kind of like mad sell-on clause as well, haven't we? So uh, recoup some funds that way. No, I, I just don't understand why, you know, I only only know about Gift Orban from uh, the fella that we had on our Twitter space recently, and he sold me fully on this uh, on this fella. So, you know, and I saw him, my good friend of mine supports a team in Poland. And so, um, you know, I often watch their games and we talk about it and then they, paid, they played them in um, the Europa Conference League playoff games and uh and he looked good he did look good against them even though they played their like youth keeper or something in goal but anyway um <laughs> so that's the only, only bits i know about him but I, i'm agreement with you like i don't think we need any more wingers you know we have got solomon who can play both wings we've got perisic who we know that um and trust who i didn't really like or don't really like we've got some we've got kulusevsky <laughs> we've got even the likes of pedro poro could shift forward if needed be um, You've missed someone out there. You've missed someone who's going to thrive in this system. Yeah, go for it. Brian Hill. Brian Hill. <laughs> Interesting. And and yet, if you look at the off the stuff on Twitter, apparently he's going to be offered to not Forest as part of the Brennan Johnson deal, mate. <laughs> I, th- I think I think he's someone. I think he's someone who, um, again, I think I like he in, in the in the right system and the, and, and and the right. The, the right management, the right coaching. He's someone who um, can thrive and has got a very, very high ceiling. Um, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see. I, I would personally keep him and test him out in this system because, again, the wingers, we need them to be direct. We need them to be, what you know, fantastic 1v1 against the defender. And he is someone who is exactly that and fits that role perfectly. So that's, that's why I think he, he'll be, he will be huge to use. Uh, Harry, really quickly, um, do we need a winger or do we need a striker? Good question. I, I, I think we should focus on getting players uh, out the door. Oh, uh, sake, Harry. That's the question, man. No, it is because you, you, you say whether we should prioritise a striker or a winger. Neither until we get players out the door. I still want to see five, six, maybe more players uh, go out the door. I think the squad is, is way too big. And you've got players that aren't, haven't been in the squad for three games and the wage is high. And sometimes maybe ripping up the contract, but we, I would go for, I can give you an individual, not answering the question, but I'll go with an individual. I was against the signing of Brennan Johnson until recently, sat and thought about it and thought he can technically play on the wing and as a striker. And I'd offload about four or five players in the deal. You could probably get him for 15, 20 million. Then it's a, it's a good signing. You can offload for me. You, you give them the Dombele, um, Dyer, uh, Lloris. <laughs> Um, Spence, there you go. That's the four already. I could keep, keep going to be fair. Regulon, maybe, maybe Regulon said Larice. You can you can fit loads of players in there, and we end up getting the player for a lot cheaper. So there you go. Works out both ways. If, if we give them all them, they owe us money. We don't owe them 20 million. We get nothing. The problem is, Nottingham Forest are already under FFP bloody guidelines. So the only reason they're going to sell, um, 
Brennan Johnson is because he's homegrown. So that's one way they can get in money. Whereas everything else, the deal's going to be scrutinised. And yeah, if they oh, bring in that, find a way. If they bring in six of our unwanted players, then Who I said six. You've literally just named off six oh. players. I can narrow it down. Oh, no, that, that, that's come on. Don Belay Dyer. Four. There you go. Jesus Christ. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, I, you know, again, I'm not someone that knows a lot about Brennan Johnson, but um, again, like, this is what we are. This is what we. I don't watch fucking Nottingham Forest. Give it that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> We, um, you know, we asked for, um, you know, a more stats-based approach. We asked for, you know, to do things like other teams are doing and so on. Now we need to just back what they do and allow it to happen and, and then and then judge it from there. But right, we're going to move on to quick talk about FPL before we talk oh. about, um, I know, everyone's nice. favourite time of the week. So if you are new to the channel and you've yeah. not joined our FPL league yet, head over to our Twitter page and you'll be able to find the um, the pin tweet, which Harry will do for me now. Um, I'll put that as the pin tweet because I keep forgetting, where you can put the code in and join our yeah. FPL league. Um, but, out so, code? Huh? It's on the it's on a tweet somewhere. All right, hang on. <laughs> Suspense. The big so moment. as they haven't updated the league yet, we'll have to go of what they were. Um, last night at about 9pm as that was the last time they updated the app. So, top of the league with 174 points is Brainy Paul. And 172 points is Jack Johnson. Dave is third with 167 points. Big Dave. Yeah. Harry Scarf is fifth with 158 points. Winnie is sixth with 152 points. Luke is ninth with 135. Where are you, Luke? <laughs> you wait till you get today's in, boys, because I've absolutely spanked a lot of you. Um, yeah, and Callum, because you joined late, you're only on 60 points. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Poor Callum. Unless you pull out like the Leicester City of FPL runs because you joined so late, <laughs> I could be surprised if you don't have Derby kind of points come the end of the season, but. Well, I've probably still got more points than Derby have had probably in the last three seasons, mate. So I think I'll still be yeah. all right. Um, right. Let's jump on to last week's score predictions. Um, so my favourite part of the show, we'll go through the score predictions. Yeah, so, is. so Dave went for a 3-1 Spurs win. Callum went for a 4-1 Spurs win. Winnie went for a 2-1 Spurs win. And old Harry Scarf went for a 5-1 Spurs win. <laughs> I got the correct score of 2-0 Spurs, so it does this to the leaderboard. I am running away with it at the moment with four points. Everybody else yeah, has got one point for getting the Spurs. Win! This I'm could off, change it, though. Mark. That's all that matters. This is going to change exactly. this week. We've got three games. Watch out. Exactly. You can thank Harry Scar for this, because he decided to put a spanner in the works, because he's losing, yeah. and uh, put in cup games as well. So we are going <laughs> to go not. through... One by one, and talk about the games this week. We have Fulham away in the cup on Tuesday night, and then we've got Burnley away on Saturday, 3 p.m. So, as Dave uh, is not here, he's already sent in his score predictions as per the rule. So, I will read them out to you now, followed by mine. So, for Fulham versus Spurs, Dave has gone for a 2 1 Spurs win, and I've gone for a 1 0 Spurs win. Winnie. What are you going for? 
I'm going to go for 1-1. Uh, 1-1. Yeah. Callum, what score are you going for? I'm going to go 2-1. I believe, is there replays in this round? Or no. Straight through. Straight through. Done on the night. So two so, one. This is sorry. I should should count as a ninety minute result. If we're going to do it this way around. Oh okay. Then yeah. Two oh, one. Yeah. Okay. Two one. So you've gone for the same score as Dave and Harry. What are you going for? Three one. I, I think. Sorry, Barney, but I, I think that we we will win. I think it'd be a tough test though. Perfect. Two seconds. I'm just updating the. I I just think there's going to be too many changes. I really do. I think we're going to. And I don't mind changes going forward. It's going to be We've the changes. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be the changes at the back that concern me because we're going to be probably yeah. seeing Eric Dyer and Davinson Sanchez at the, as a back two, um, and we're, they're, and they're you not they're not different, so. I think we'll see. Um, I think we'll see Sanchez and, and Van der Ven personally. I think I think you'll keep Van der Ven in to get him a bit more a bit more game. I hope so. I hope so. Um, Harry, you got any thoughts about who we might change in the starting lineup? Um, no, because there's Postecoglou's head. I'm not quite. I haven't found a way to get inside it yet. But for for me, I, I keep the team um, strong. I, I'd probably. I mean, you often change the goalkeeper in, in that round, but I keep the team as strong as possible. Minimum from well, no, let's put it this way. Maximum of two or three changes. I think because listen, we haven't won a major trophy since 2008. I could go off on one here, but I'm trying not to. Uh, we've got to treat every cup competition seriously. Conte didn't. Mourinho didn't. So hopefully that can change. And sadly, treating it strongly isn't playing. Uh, Eric Dyer, Jed Spence, Ndombele isn't treating it seriously. I'm, I'm sick of them out of times. Middlesbrough, Sheffield United, same day, a year apart. We get knocked out, expect to go through, uh, bring on the subs too late, the, the big players, and we, we've lost the game. It's embarrassing. I think, I think you know, rival fans set an alarm <laughs> every year for when Spurs get knocked out, the FA Cup or, or, or Carabao Cup against a small team. But hopefully that can change. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd change anything. I, I maybe forced us back or Austin in goal, apart from that, I keep it the same. I genuinely think we'll see Emerson Royal at right back, yeah. That's little change like that I could find, I, but know, you I think we'll see. Find... I think we'll see Sergio Regri on left back. Oh, I think God. we'll see um Skip come in for Saar. I think we'll see Lacelso come in for Madison. I think he'll stick with Richarlison up front. Uh, in that case, we're losing. Seen, I think we could see or Perisic come in. Um, Can I change my yeah. prediction? Uh, yeah, give me your prediction. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> no, I'm gonna. I stick with three-one. But if we get that lineup, then I think we lose the game. <laughs> anyway, um, I think that yes, he has to take the cup seriously. But I also think he has to use this time to uh, see how you know yeah. everybody is playing because we may get into a point where Madison can't play and he is out for a long time. And especially with what happened last week, that would be the one that I think we would definitely see, uh, because I don't think yeah. he can, um, you know, guarantee that that Madison doesn't get injured. But um, who knows? Um, and that's what will happen. But what we'll do now is we'll move on to the weekend game away <laughs> at Burnley at Turf Moor. Dave has gone for a three-nil Spurs win. By the way, everyone, this is Dave. Who doesn't believe Spurs will ever win anything ever? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, he's such a hypocrite. Taking wow. this so uh, so seriously now, but he's gone for a three 0 Spurs win. I've gone for a three one Spurs win. Harry, we're coming back to you for this one. Oh, I, I hate to be the the you know the negative one, but I don't think we win. You don't I, I, hate I it that... though, do you? 
<laughs> well, I always have that part of me that quite enjoys going off on one. But no, I, th- I said that I thought we'd get four points out of our next two games. That was ball with the Burnley. So somehow got to stick by that. I, I think it'd be a goalless draw. Nil-nil, turf more. I think that Burnley will sit back and defend. We struggle to break them down. I think Burnley will be toothless up front. So I think obviously we deserve to win the game, but I'm going nil-nil. Ooh, nil-nil. Winnie, are you as pessimistic or as optimistic? <laughs> I, I, I'm I optimistic, but I think because I've been a Tottenham Hotspur fan for so long, the, the, the pessimism is just ingrained within me. Um, so I I think it's going to be 1-0 Spurs. 1-0. Yeah. Okay. And I was going to say 1-1, but I've changed my mind. So clip that when it is 1-1 and I'll be fucking furious. Oh, I will. Yeah. <laughs> Callum, what are you going for? I watched them against Villa today and Burnley looked devoid of any teeth up front. But, I mean, that was us yesterday as well, apart from our other players. So I'm going to go 2-0 Spurs. But I just hate going to Turf more one way or another. It is the most turgid ground apart from Stoke. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to go 2-0, but I think it's going to be a slog. I think it's going to yeah. be a long game. Perfect. 2-0 Spurs win. Do you know what? If we get three um, clean sheets on the bounce in the wow. league, you know, two away games and a home game, you can't argue with that. Um, quick shout out to Barney in the chat. Um, him and Harry are going to Craven Cottage next week. Um, I will be featured by the club's official account who will repost our pictures and videos talking about neurodiversity at games. Uh, we will Maybe. also uh, get a number of pictures of us together at the ground. So keep an eye on social media. So for those wondering why Harry is so suddenly pro Tottenham Hotspur, this might be why. No, I'm only um, wow. no it's absolutely brilliant, um, Harry, both you and Barney. Um, doing great you. things online. Massive so, credit. Uh, Massive credit. Yeah. So have a yeah. good time. Perfect. Right. And that kind of wraps us up for today. So um, just want to thank everybody in the chat that's joined us, everybody that's watching. Obviously, if you are new to the channel, make sure you're hitting that subscribe button. It's free to do so. So easy. You just literally click on the button below. Um, Click the like button as well. And if you're listening on any podcast platform, make sure you're giving us a five-star review. But Harry, I'll come to you next. Have you got a show this week? Um, Yes, I have. Of course, test me then. I should do. Yeah, I think so. I plan for it so far in advance. I forget about them, you see. It's it's a bit worrying. But no, thank you for having me on once again. Uh, Like Luke said, said, don't forget to smash that subscribe button because it is so simple. Free to do so. Helps the podcast grow. Uh, and, you know, it's quite a bigger number that, that don't subscribe. It's, it's similar for, for pretty much every channel, mine included. It is it is so simple. Um, so come on, you know, we're all support one club. We all support Spurs. Uh, let's get behind each other. Uh, and, you, you you know, you're all welcome here. But if you want to follow me, got got my handle there, HarryScarf22. Uh, we've currently got the nominations for the Football um, Content Awards. Um, I have put myself forward for that. Um, so any nominations uh, would be great online or go, just go to my pinned tweet, uh, how to do that. It's a couple of different ways you can vote. So to get into the, the top 10, the category I'm, I'm focusing on is the best young content creator. So to get into the final 10 would be an absolute privilege. And obviously, don't forget to to nominate the podcast as well uh, in, in, in the chosen category. Uh, and subscribe to my channel, uh, Spurs. There is a show Monday. I'm trying to think who's on. I think Rachel's back. I've got Pav from Paxton Road TV. 
Uh, got Bournemouth fan on that, worked out well. It's two weeks in a row I've got that spot on. I bet he's mm. going to be loving that. Uh, and, and someone else. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a good time. So, thank you very much for having me on. Also, uh, Harry, can you speak to Rachel and um, ask her what her thoughts are about Andrew Postacoglu? Because her, she was featured in my latest tweet of comments that said uh, he might get the fans on board, but not the Levy Out group. So uh, I just want to know. All right. Okay. Foster Coglu. So right. anyway, uh, also um, wish her well, obviously, uh, with everything that she's gone through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. Uh, Winnie, how can everyone find you? Winnie1991 on Twitter and obviously one of the admins for the Parkland podcast Twitter. Um, to be perfectly honest, I mean, we're getting some good interactions um, through Twitter. I'm trying to, I work from home. So um, I think I'm probably best suited out of all of us to try and keep up with it when I can. So uh, I'll try and think of something controversial to throw out there tomorrow. So if you see, if you do see it, you know, please interact and, and, and just send us messages. Perfect. And Callum, you're becoming an absolute gem on this show these days. Um <laughs> You know, you're fitting in absolutely perfectly well. So thanks again for coming on. How can everyone find you? Uh, as down below, Callum Stubbs 97 on Twitter. Um, it's great every week, mate. As long as I'm not asleep next week, I think we'll be good. Uh, I think I'm <laughs> finally getting to the stage where I'm having to stay awake this early on a Sunday evening. And thank God it's bloody bank holiday tomorrow. But no, to be honest, mate, it's a pleasure to be on as always. Um Obviously, my views are my own. Uh, I will always be happy to speak and have a laugh with everyone about them because some of them are bollocks, some of them are fun. So why not? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> mate. Exactly. Oh, and uh, yeah, talking about being tired next week, I'll probably be the most tired. Is uh, for those that just saw me on Twitter, I'll be taking part in a, a charity walk, sixteen miles for Macmillan uh, Cancer. So um, you know. You don't have to, but if you want to go over to my Twitter page and, and donate again, like even if you've got a pound, you know, everything will, will help and uh, should be a good day for everybody that's going to be there. It's, it's a huge organized event. So um, I'll try and get some pictures for, for the socials and whatnot, but I will be back hopefully, unless I get lost in the woods. Um, <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I want to thank everybody for, uh, for tuning in again today. It, you know, we, every week it gets bigger and bigger and, uh, we really do appreciate every single person that watches, listens, subscribes, uh, comments on Twitter, talks to us in our DMs. You know, everything that, that you guys do is uh, really, really appreciated. So don't forget, we will be back next week, Sunday, 7 o'clock, where we'll talk about two games and hopefully be through in the Carabao Cup and another win um, in the Premier League. But until next time, a big come on you Spurs. Come on you Spurs. Come on you Spurs. Oh, no, no, no.